How does it make you feel when I say this word, conflict? Now, for many of us, we want to run and hide. For a select few, though, it may sound kind of fun, like, let's have it, let's bring it on. Now, in marriage, you're going to encounter at some point some conflict, so it's best to know how you deal with it and to get it on the table early on. I'm John Fuller in the studio with Greg and Aaron Smalley. They are professional counselors, speakers, writers. They uh, lead our marriage team here at Focus. And Greg, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was just the last episode where you made this kind of timid admission that you're conflict avoidant. And I'm joking with you on that because you've been very clear. I don't like conflict. And there are many, many of us men in particular, but a lot of women too, saying, yeah, we don't like it either. So what's that about? I mean, how do you feel when I say conflict? Very uncomfortable. So I'd prefer <laughs> okay. you not even to to utter the words. Okay. My mouth starts to dry up. I we'll get use sweaty. a euphemism for it. Yeah. Something. <laughs> well, it's not like I'm over here jumping up and down when I hear the yeah. word conflict. So you're not ready to go. But no, but I know that for me... I lean in because I want to work it out. For Greg, he leans out because he wants to keep the peace. Yeah. So it's just looking at what's going on underneath the surface there. And so it's not, Greg Greg will have a hard time believing that I don't jump up and down when I hear the word I conflict. I don't believe that. I want to just Because encourage... if I said I did, then it would create conflict. <laughs> yeah. See yeah, the I, bind, I too John, late. that just I'm Just even alluding to it, is, it's just too late. I just want to add that it took us a couple of decades to start really figuring this out. So if you're fairly newly married... Like one of our producers who just walked into the booth, listen in as Deborah Faleta, a professional counselor, uh, shares some excellent insights about how couples can face conflict. And uh, here she talked to Jim Daly and me with ways you can deal with that, mm, let's call it tension. In fact, you, you have five conflict styles. So let's let's cover those real quick. What are the five conflict styles? Well, it's important to understand your style, your bent when it comes to conflict. So there's the avoiders, the people who would prefer to run from conflict and not deal with it. Yeah. They just want to get away, you know. And then there's and the... just in that regard. I mean, for the person who's trying to self-diagnose here, what's that family of origin look like? What have you faced that makes you an avoider? It could be different things for different people, but you know, one one example would be conflict that escalates to the point where it's uncomfortable, emotions are high, people are loud, maybe even someone's getting hurt, um, whether physically or emotionally. When you grow up in that environment, you better believe that your natural instinct is to run, run from for conflict cover. because it's not safe. Right. What's the second one? The second is the accommodators. They would rather take the blame. They're kind of passive. It's like, okay, okay, I'll just deal with it. You know, instead of being healthy, instead of assessing the roles of everyone involved, they're just going to accommodate as quickly as possible so that we can move on. And why would you be that? What What are the things that contribute to a person being uh, that person? Things that contribute to someone being an accommodator are maybe growing up in a family where your needs weren't heard or met. You're not used to kind of thinking of yourself. Um, kind of a middle child. <laughs> it could be a birth order thing. Yeah. It could be there was chaos in the home. And so that kind of took all mm. the attention. And you almost feel bad being assertive. You almost feel bad saying what you need. So you kind of fall into this passive role. But like I always say, passivity is not the same as selflessness. Mm. That is good. 
What's the third one? The third is the compromising couple. Um, you know, we we hear this a lot when it comes to how to navigate conflict. It's kind of the 50-50 approach. Um, I'll give in this time. If you give in the next time, when you can't always meet in the middle, you both know what you want, but you choose to give so that the other person can receive. You kind of take turns in the compromising role. Yeah, and so that that feels like a lose-lose kind of thing. You know, I wanted Mexican, you wanted uh, Italian, so we're settling for hamburgers. Right. Uh, Neither of us gets what we (laughs) want. Sounds good enough for me. Not that that that's a real-life thing. I'm asking for a friend. You know, even though people (laughs) praise compromise, I think you're right. In the end, it's actually a lose-lose. You're you're giving 50%. So you're losing 50% of the time. And I do think when you're stuck in a compromising role all the time, you might not have that much conflict, but you might not have that much satisfaction mm-hmm. either. You might harbor some bitterness. Right. That Probably the style of conflict, that one probably is the one that creates the most bitterness and resentment because you can't even feel like you can surface it because I agreed to compromise. <laughs> or <laughs> so you stuck. end up keeping score. Right. You know, well, you did this this time and I it's my turn now. And it, it can actually lead to conflict. And that's why I really appreciate the next conflict style, which is the collaborative conflict style. It sounds so nice. It does. <laughs> Let's collaborate. This requires you to be assertive, to be able to say what you need with respect and to look for a solution where everybody feels like they won in the end. So it's not a lose-lose. It's mm-hmm. a win-win. How can we win in our marriage after this conversation? What is the best for our relationship? What is the best for our family? And you kind of have a team spirit with the collaborative approach. It's not about me or you. It's about what we're doing for the whole, what we're doing for us. That's good. The last one's competitive. Um, I, I would hope that a person that has a competitive spirit is not necessarily defined by this. <laughs> I do have a competitive spirit, but I'm not like my way or the highway. Right. And that's what you're kind of uh, saying, right? Well, the competitive approach is really defined by somebody who just wants to win at all costs, whether that comes with aggression, whether that comes with putting the other person down. They just want to win. They feel that their way is always the best. But of course, that leaves a lot of broken hearts in its path and just a lot of unhealthy behaviors come out of that approach. So Greg and Aaron, listening to Deborah, let me just ask about those five conflict styles she uh, mentioned and made note of. Which one do you resonate with and how have you learned to deal with that? Well, and, and and you're pointing at each other right now as we start <laughs> <laughs> because as a conflict avoider that she talked about, yeah. I wanted Aaron to go first, but she wasn't taking the bait. So to avoid conflict, here you go. Yeah. Y- yeah. You know... And I'm, I, I'm conflict avoidant yeah, too, by the way. So Yeah. And, and like Aaron said, even in the introduction, it's really because I, I crave peace and, and harmony. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't believe, and I've never actually believed that my wife likes, enjoys conflict. I can tell you mm. that it never has that ever crossed my mind. I know you don't like it. What I'm grateful for, truly, is that Aaron is willing to suspend harmony in moments and deal with an issue. So she's willing to embrace the conflict for the greater good. Right. I know that you don't like it. I know Mm -hmm. that you would much rather have the peace and harmony that that I crave. The difference is that that fear that I have of 
jumping into that conflict, what's going to happen? Oh, it's going to feel awful. Oh, the pain of, of disharmony mm. gets in the way, but you face that. And so I, I, I say that to go, I, I am so grateful that, that Aaron is willing to do that because pretty much most, if not all the time, that there's an issue, Aaron is going to to pursue me to, to get into that and I'll resist and I'll defend and I become instantly on guard. And, <laughs> She's rolling and her it, eyes. It's exhausting. So what, does that, exhausting. what does that mean for you? What's, what style do you identify with, Erin? Well, it's interesting as we were reading these earlier, both Greg and I were like, which one am I? And I would say more of the collaborative, hmm. um, which agree. is it requires assertiveness. And I would say, especially since I started working as a private practice therapist again, that working with so many couples and seeing these couples connect because they're willing to talk about things, it motivates me to come home and and want to talk about things that I know we haven't talked about. And even though Greg doesn't necessarily get super excited about talking about it initially, I know that he will get there. Hmm. And I'll bring it up, maybe in a text, hey, we need to talk about this. Or maybe when I get home, hey, when can we talk about this? And then I won't hear anything for a little bit. But then I'll bring it up again, and he'll go, oh, yeah, I've been thinking about that. And, and I then know. a year later, I'm ready. To talk. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was struck by a poster that my uh, high school mentor, uh, spiritual mentor, had in his little home office. It said, things take time. It was a picture profound. of a waterfall out in a forest. It was beautiful, and it was really profound. And I think that applies here because given enough time to process, and Dina's learned to give me the space to process, and I might need a day or two to really come up with it. But that's okay because we're working together to solve the problem. Yeah, we talked recently, I believe here on the podcast, about an issue that was so hot that it took us three attempts to successfully talk it through. Hmm. And oh, when we were driving the that car. was yeah. the Italian. <laughs> and you know, the first time Mexican it went bird. terrible. <laughs> the second time it went a little bit better, but still not good. But it was finally the third time that went exactly how I would have hoped, knowing that we know how to work through stuff. And you know, it was worth waiting for. What, what if I may, what was uh-huh. the issue? Was the issue for you both to kind of get on the same page about what the problem really is, or was it communication about it? What what was going on? I, I think for me, I, I'm I'm often well, ninety nine percent of the time I am so convinced that that I was right, how I see it, my perspective that that Aaron has wronged me. It's just gonna I'm willing because mm-hmm. I love her to give her time to arrive at that same. John, conclusion. the answer to the question, that Greg's driving. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, you were asking what the issue yeah, was. Sorry. Oh, yeah. It, it was, yeah. yes, I was, we got uh, you fit. had me snowed. Yeah. <laughs> you just the, did. <laughs> the number of counseling sessions that lead out with driving challenges on the way to the appointment. <laughs> Many couples will drive I, separately. I have for just that given up. Reason. I thought, you know, what's the worst that happens? I mean, we'll go see Jesus and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. That is true. It, it, it's but, not worth being all fighty about it. I know. And, and yet life doesn't work that way because of triggers and yeah. things that are going on in our life and maybe we're more overwhelmed this particular moment than others mm-hmm. but i think it, it just i i've noticed for me it just it, it i thought you meant why did it take three times before we yeah, actually i actually succeeded at this conversation in in i'm just saying for me it it does take several times 
because I, I I first want to argue my point. Mm-hmm. I want to be heard, and that yeah. that spins us around, and we're like, okay, this is going nowhere. Let's 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 just let's pick this up tomorrow yeah. or the next whatever. And then it, yeah, I'm still pretty much defended around my perspective, but I think eventually when I really do turn to the Lord in in and I'm willing to be humble and just say, you know what. Uh, yeah, although I could talk all day long about what she did, what about me? Yeah, that usually sets me up at least to to be open to going. Okay, what was really going on, Aaron, for you? Because that's that's when I know my heart is open. Yeah, is when I'm actually interested in understanding and caring about what was going on for you, right or wrong, whether or not I agree, it doesn't matter. But just to go, what was really going on for you? And and sadly, that probably takes me a few tries to get there. I think you, you're usually there pretty quick. Yeah. And I would say that it's not on every disagreement, but it's those hot, hot topics, those longstanding patterns that we've had, um, that every couple has in their relationship that they, that might take some time. But the good news, I always say after you have a, a discussion, maybe that doesn't go well. And then you try again, try again, revisit it. And, and evaluate it and kind of go, okay, what went well, what didn't? What can we do better next time? Yeah. You know, what will work? You know, if I bring in an issue to you, what, how would I say that? How would I bring it up? What would help? What would my tone of voice be? Would I, you know, let you know like, hey, I've got something to talk about? Or would I just bring it up and then wait? What, you know, it's evaluating what went well, what didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been really helpful. And I trust that as you've listened Uh, You've benefited from this particular episode of the podcast. I'll encourage you, if you have, to um, help us out as we minister around the world. Literally, we have offices around the world. Of course, you can hear us uh, online uh, across the the globe. Uh, Join our support team. Make a monthly donation or a one-time gift of any amount, and we'll send a copy of Deborah's book to you. It's called Love in Every Season. It's a great resource. might even be something good to work through as a small group at your church or in your home. We'll have a link for that in the show notes. And we also have a free marriage assessment. We'll link over to that in the episode notes as well. You'll hear more from Deborah next time. On behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening today to this episode of the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.